You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode number 587. And watch out for Michael Myers from Freddy Krueger and uh, what's that other guy's name with the hockey mask? This week we are sharpening the saw, giving back with Michael J. Woodland, and I got a conversation with Kirk talking about his first gun, and it's something I want to invite you to do with me too if you're interested. In the meantime, watch yourself, and happy Halloween, y'all. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, let's get on with episode number 587. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Last week I asked the question, why did you get your first gun? Who did you get it from? What was your first gun? And I figured out there's a story behind that, and I want to hear it from you. We talk a lot. I've been talking for 580-plus episodes, and I want to hear your story. What made you get into firearms? So I asked a couple of folks on Facebook that took the time to respond, and my first one is a brother named Kirk, and Kirk exemplifies a few things for me, and I'll explain that after our conversation. On this podcast, I do a lot of talking, I do a lot of interviewing, and I'm trying this time not to interrupt a brother who's explaining how he got into it, how he started, his origins for this whole thing. So you're going to hear from Kirk about his first gun. You have the feather, the floor, and the microphone, brother. Take it away. I'll, I'll try. Um, I was 16. I did not grow up in a in a hunting family. My dad was not a gun owner and his you know, his dad had a single shot twenty two that that I still have. It was a Stevens uh favorite made in nineteen fifteen. But uh uh I was uh, in a church youth group and a couple of guys in the youth group wanted to go squirrel hunting and invited me to go and and I talked my dad into going with me and getting a uh, Marlin uh, Glenfield Model 60 uh, tube fed 22 and that was my first gun. It, I didn't know anything about guns at that time except, you know, that they sent a bullet downrange. So, I didn't, you know, there were better choices, not that that was a bad one, but there are others that I've had since that I liked a lot better. Um and that was kind of my introduction to firearms. And I really didn't do anything further with them for a long time. I had that rifle for, I'm not even sure what happened to it. If I, I'm, I'm sold it to somebody at some point, but I don't know who or when that anymore. I bought a, a, a pistol when I was in my early twenties, a, a Ruger single action 38, 357. And I never shot it much and I traded it off for, uh, a Ruger 1022 and, and some other stuff. And I love the 1022. If I were advising anybody get a first gun, that's what I would advise. 
a Ruger 10.22 is a great first gun. I hear you. Yeah, as I as I got older, uh, I got a job working with a guy who was really into guns, and he was constantly uh, buying, selling, trading, and that he, he took me shooting with him all the time. I don't know why he picked out me to befriend, but but you know, 30 years later, and we're still good friends. And uh, he gave me an opportunity to try all kinds of different firearms, which was really cool. And it helped me be able to decide the kinds of things that I liked without having to invest in all that myself. Uh, young and married and had a family and was very, very broke. And he was young and single and, and he could, he had a lot more disposable income. And then as I got older, I got into black powder shooting and historical reenacting and started reading a lot of, of, uh, colonial and early American history. And that's, I think, when I really began to understand the importance of firearms rights for even a modern uh, population. So, and that's kind of where, you know, that led me into where I heard of you. Uh, I, in some kind of a, a gun debate online on Facebook, I made friends with a guy from Kansas who talked me into going to the GRPC conference when it was in Orlando three or four years ago. That was where I first saw you. You nice. were a speaker there, I think. And uh, and you stopped by and, and joined briefly in a conversation that we were having with Jeff Knox afterwards on Sunday when it was over. Uh, I was just impressed by the whole experience of people that that understood the principles so well behind why gun ownership is important as opposed to just, you know, the fun of going and shooting, which is lots of fun. And uh, I've done a small amount of hunting. I'm not a big hunter. I don't hunt where I am now because I don't really have a good property to go and do it on. I don't like going out on public land during deer season because there are a lot of people that are not as safety conscious with their firearms as I would like. So I like to hunt private property, but haven't had that available to me for a few years. So that's kind of my whole history with firearms. I don't own a lot of guns, and I enjoy all that I've got. I don't shoot as often as I'd like, uh, but I don't know that I could shoot as often as I'd like. I imagine that the guys that shoot every day are not shooting <laughs> as often as they'd like because it's fun. Because it's fun. Right. But I think that having in the back of my mind that it's also important is adds a depth and nuance to what I do with firearms. Oh, cool. Black powder made you get into the gun rights thing. How how that jump start with the history? Um, well, I've always been kind of a history buff. Uh, I'll, but I mostly studied the middle ages and the early modern period, uh, you know, Shakespearean time, the Elizabethan period, stuff like that. I met a woman whose uh, father was a custom muzzleloader builder, and she got me started shooting with her rifle, and uh, we ultimately got married, and were married for quite some time, and that was Ray Miller, and he built me a gorgeous Pennsylvania rifle, and I got started shooting a lot, and started hanging out with the people at the Black Powder Range, 
And a lot of those people were reenactors. She introduced me to a friend of hers, Mike Keeney, at uh, a rendezvous at Fort Deschart on the Mississippi River, was a French fort before the French and Indian War and a, a British fort after that. And they have several big events there every year. And that was when it, kind of what tipped me into the reenacting. And of course, when you're a reenactor, you start researching and learning about the time period and the material culture of the people and and the the politics that moved people in that time, the the what's and the whys. And uh, I found out that the whys are still pretty relevant today. So yeah, that's kind of how it, it, I got into that. Man, that's all right. Kirk, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for responding to my first gun. Thank you for thank you for uh, having the platform. I think I think that black owners are an underheard population, and you're giving them a voice, and that's important. You know, self defense is not important just for old white men. It's important for everybody. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. What part of the country are you in? I'm in Florida now. I grew up in Missouri, and uh, I moved here about nine years ago. So I'm in central Florida now, and there's no no colonial period stuff really going on down here. It's kind of sad. Uh, there are a lot of other time periods, but I'm not so much into Spanish history, so I don't, I don't play as much down here. Okay. Um, gotcha. All right, man. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you again soon. I'm uh yeah sure thanks and I'm I'm flattered thank you <laughs> <laughs> most welcome brother most welcome This podcast is called The Black Man with a Gun Show I have Black Man with a Gun trademarked I've had a book since 1999 called The Black Man with a Gun a website by the same title and as I have traveled as I have grown as I have learned and discovered that anybody who carries a firearm has another brother Regardless of race, color, creed, religion, sexual preference, all those good stuff, we are brothers in arms. I have been blessed by the community. I have been blown away by the regular people across this country that believe in freedom, that believe in the same thing that I do, that will fight for our country, who will fight for freedom. And we all look different. We all have different backgrounds, but we have the same goal. And it has been a pleasure to come full circle, to learn of my own failings and lackings and prejudices and embrace people who don't look like me, but are just like me. Your first gun. I'm looking for another interview next week. And if uh, you're interested, hit me up at blackmailthegun at gmail.com. Need some ammo? Check out. Ammo.com. It's your best source for ammunition online. The shipping is fast, the customer service is good, and they sell name brands you can trust. Ammo.com. And if you like saving money as much as I do, use the link ammo.com forward slash black man with a gun. How cool is that? Do you want an easy, entertaining, and awesome book to read? This one has werewolves, blues, magic, and love. Check out my new book, Love Never Dies. It's the third book in a series about Solomon Love.
Find it at KenBlanchard.com. This week, I want to introduce you to an Aesop fable, which has been adapted and used many times, and you might not have known it. Aesop, a Greek way back in the day, he wrote a story called The Boar and the Fox. It goes something like this. A wild boar was sharpening his tusk busily against the stump of a tree when a fox happened by. Now the fox was always looking for a chance to make fun of his neighbors, so he made a great show of looking anxiously about as if in fear of some hidden enemy. But the boar kept right on with his work. Why are you doing that? asked the fox at last with a grin. There isn't any danger that I can see. True enough, replied the boar. But when danger comes, there will not be time for such work as this. My weapons will have to be ready for use then, or I shall suffer for it. The moral of the story is preparedness for war is the best guarantee of peace. Stephen Covey uses a similar story in his Habits of Effectual People. His habit number seven in the Seven Habits of Effective People is called Sharpening the Saw, which is basically the same precept as uh, Aesop. Covey uses the common analogy of a woodcutter, though, who is sawing for several days straight and is becoming less and less productive. The process of cutting actually dulls the blade. So the solution is to periodically sharpen the saw. Now, we go through life, we go through our daily grind, we share stuff on Facebook and Instagram, and we talk to our friends, and we just go on and on and on, and our saw, our skills, are getting dull just by use. Every now and then, you need to just step back, clean your gun, sharpen your saw. If you're overworking yourself and your productivity starts to fall off, common wisdom tells you to take a break, maybe even go on vacation, but we spend so much energy doing that that we don't get any rest. That isn't sharpening the saw. That's putting the saw down. When you put the dull blade down for a while, the blade will still be dull when you can get back to it. Sharpening the saw is actually an activity. Think about what would happen to sharpen the saw of your life. Go for a walk, exercise, improve your diet, educate yourself. Don't binge watch anything. Learn a new skill. Meditate or pray. Write a little bit. Have a deep conversation with somebody. Set some new goals or review, update your old ones. Organize your home or your office. Take your favorite person out on a date. Clear out a whole bunch of little tasks that you've been putting off. Preparedness for war is the best guarantee of peace. If you're on my Ken Blanchard Instagram page, you know that I got a boo-boo I showed a picture of. Actually, a slide went home with the battery on my finger. I was at work, and I got uh, industrious and saw a need to clean some firearms of our security officers that I work with, and those guns had never been serviced. I don't think they were in really, really bad shape. So I brought my cleaning kit and went to town. It is, we use the uh, Smith & Wesson M&P first generation. 
And I had a time trying to figure out how to get that slide off. But I learned how. Went to good old YouTube. There was a couple of videos and one actually worked. And uh, it was nice because I have a M2.0 of MMP, which is pretty sexy. I like it a lot. Um, it feels somewhere between a SIG and a SIG and a what? I don't know. Probably SIG and a Smith & Wesson. It, it, just, it just feels good. It has a nice solid feel to it. Um, it's a good service gun. I think it'll be pretty good in the field. Well, not in the field, but at home. In the field, I work, wear this thing every day. But this uh, hadn't paid attention to it up until now. The new M M two point is pretty snazzy. If you haven't checked it out, I'm gonna put a picture of it on this week's show. And what made this thing funky is that. There's a little piece underneath the uh, the grip that you have to twist, and you can use that part to actually take out the uh, it's a little lever that once you push it down allows the slide to come off. You can use your finger, of course, but I don't advise it. And to clean your firearm, one of the things that you got to do is make sure that you're safe, and that means no ammo, none. Magazine out, away. Don't want to accidentally put any oil on your ammo. That will mess it up. It will deteriorate the ammo. Also, just for safety factor, take the ammo out away from you as you clean. Um, I use iPro when I'm cleaning. If you had the kind, of gla- the kind of gloves that you can use if you don't want to have any solvent or anything on your fingers, not a bad thing. But I used uh, that hard brown paper like I was going to eat some crabs, some Maryland crabs, had that down, had a t-shirt, a couple of rags, had a bore punch, had a small tool to dig out in the crevices but not scratch my firearm. I had uh, some cotton patches. I had some oil, some lube. I had uh, some break-free, old break-free. I had uh, a toothbrush with two different size ends, and I think that's what I had. That's all I had, and that's all I needed. Once I got the firearm apart safely, iPro was on. I coated the crap out of it with um, some old break free. And that enough had some lube in it, so they didn't have to go too crazy with that. So then I let it sit for about five minutes and then just went to get wipe all that stuff off using the uh, bore brush. Oh, yeah, I had that too. The bore brush to uh, punch the bore out, get the lead deposits out. Use the cotton to go behind it and to pull that out. Now, it was easier to push in one direction. You can tell how the rifling is in the barrel when you're doing that because the uh, the rod will turn on you just from the pressure. It's kind of cool. And then just thinking, sharpening my saw, getting back to the roots of just firearm safety and why I'm doing this and the people that are important to me. Because that's the whole reason for this podcast. As I was reading Aesop's Fable, I thought about it. The reason for me to make this show for you is to sharpen your saw. 
it's not to show off the firearms that I have, not to review. It's not to to just, you know, to pimp nothing. It's just to make a better day for you. I'm hoping that I give you a few moments to go, hmm, I didn't know that. Or that was funny, Ken, or thanks for hanging out with me. Just that. I want to be one of those things that you do in your life, person that you want to see or hear from that uh, sharpens your saw. Well, after I got everything cleaned off and wiped back down and there wasn't no oil seeping out of anywhere, I put it back together. And then I found that I had some liberal tears left over. Um, LiberalTears.net is a company that they make a bacon-flavored lube. Yeah. So I put a little dab on it. And everybody came in the, in the command center and they were like, hey, um, somebody cooking something sure smells good. I said, I'm just cleaning these guns. And they're like, no, seriously, what uh, what you eating? And I said, nothing. Look. So if you look at LiberalTears.net, you'll find out this uh, really sweet smelling, smells like pork, gun cleaner. So after a while, I figured out, yeah, I'm in here greasing these down with some bacon grease. And I put them back in the safe and officers kept coming back in there like, man, do mine next. So now all the armed officers at our uh, government facility smell like bacon. That's an improvement for some and others as a distraction. Oh, and how did I hurt my finger? Oh, well, see, after I cleaned these guns and they were, I mean, looking like brand new, that bacon lube was so sharp, was so smooth that I was reaching back into the vault and somehow my finger got in the magazine well, not magazine well, but the chamber. And I must have hit some button, some switch in there. That thing came right on my finger. Pow! And, uh, it hurt so fast, so quickly, I couldn't even yell. I just took my finger and pointed it at the uh, officer that was standing next to me. And I said, will you please uh, pull this slide off my finger, please? She just stared at me. She was like in unbelief. I didn't scream out because you could start to see the uh, the injury. It was starting to bleed on the inside of the nail. I think it was just all macho why I didn't yell, scream, and holler. I did that later in my car when nobody was looking. Hurt like a banshee, it did. Welcome to another Tips and Review segment. I am Michael Woodland, and today we're going to discuss a project I started to give back. Not too long ago, I came up with an idea to give back to the community with the assistance of anyone who is willing to contribute. The idea is an effort to cover a couple areas that I consider to be important to the two-way community, local community, and passing the knowledge and opportunity to the next generation. The thought of the project is how to give back to the community and be worthwhile. The following areas came into mind. Training for law enforcement to give them a better advantage to perform their jobs, starting a summer youth camp for the children, and getting out and getting people in the community to understand how important it is to vote. We put the word out at the deputy sheriff's office that we were looking to sponsor three deputy sheriffs to give them training at the Columbia Spartan Academy in Columbia, South Carolina, under the instruction of Professor Gibson Saw at no charge to the sheriff's department. Here are the words from the deputy sheriffs about what they expect to achieve by being selected for this project. 
Hi, I'm Deputy Scott Soto, Russell County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I've been a deputy for just over 16 years and enjoyed every bit of it. Um, just started doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, what I'm hoping to get out of it is uh, all the uh, techniques learning to help benefit me in my job in the case that I need to get into an altercation with somebody. And of course, the, uh, the training, the weight loss, and getting into better shape as well. My name is Bryce Hughes. I'm a deputy uh, with the local sheriff's department, and I would like to do this program to help me to be able to use more hands-on techniques uh, on the street, on my job, instead of having to immediately go to intermittent or deadly weapons in case of an incident, a serious incident. So I'm Brianna Kramer. Uh, I'm a police officer, and I really want to do jiu-jitsu because I do not know how to fight. I never got into a fight, and I feel like that is something that, as a police officer, you need to know how to do. And even on your regular day basis, I think fighting is something everyone should know how to do. We wanted to start a summer youth camp to give the selected kids an opportunity to get training within the sport of shooting. At the same time, giving them a goal for something to attain to as well. The last topic of the project is to get out there and get people registered to vote and explain how important it is to do so. Let's break it down even further to have a more clear understanding as to why. Understanding how the budgets work for an organization like a law enforcement department, it is clear to me that the training the law enforcement officers received at the academy is the bare minimum. Whether you look at it from the standpoint of legality or survival, either way, the bare minimum is not acceptable. Since talking with so many parents and getting mixed reviews about the training for kids, one day I reached out to one of my past first sergeants and asked her if it would be okay for me to take her son who was 14 to the range with me. She agreed and after sending her video and photos of his performance on the range while getting instruction, she later showed me all the messages she received in text message and from Facebook from her friends and family about wanting their kids to learn how to shoot as well. So, had the idea. Let's make it happen. Every chance I get, there's a conversation revolved around people voting. To tell you, I hear it all from, it doesn't matter what I do at the ballot, they will do whatever they want anyway. To, I don't have time to go vote. Even after a discussion, it is broken down to the moment of when they last voted. So many people only vote when it's time to select the people running for president. When you ask a simple question like, why are the people in power trying to prevent certain people from voting or even about voting at the local level, you get the deer in the headlight look. We all have to understand that history should be a learning lesson where we should not make the same mistakes again. We often see officers of the law resort to their firearm in a situation when it is not necessary. But the only reason being is that they refer back to their last form of training, which was the minimum. So let's give back and make them better with training, assessing the situation better, getting in shape, and using their natural talent of communication to handle a situation with jiu-jitsu. Another moment in history that rings a bell for me is marksmanship training that took place in World War II for snipers. At the end of the war, there was no need to continue any necessary training for what was then considered long-distance shooting until the Vietnam War. The art was lost and the will had to be reinvented. 
let's not repeat this moment, but let's get the next generation involved in the sport of shooting so the skill set can be passed down. In the end, a day at the range can be a moment where a bonding experience can take place among family members. The last topic of the campaign is getting people to vote. Everyone wants to complain about the laws that are in place and how unbalanced the judicial system is. Those who are making these claims do not even understand they have the power in their fingertips to make change for the betterment. Here's the answer. Go vote, but at your local level. Most are not even aware that you can vote for the local sheriff, district judge, city council, the mayor, even the coroner. Now, if people will go out and vote at the local level, like in 2008, you will see real change start taking place. And then you will see the true power of the people. Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash M-W Tactical and help us reach the monetary goal to get all the before mentioned goals accomplished. It's not about recognition for us, but this will be marked as training given to the law enforcement officers, the kids, and getting the community involved by the people. Visit GoFundMe.com forward slash M-W Tactical. For those who are looking to contact me, visit BlackManWithTheGun.com and under the About tab, click on my name, Michael Woodland, and shoot me an email or phone call. Please leave a voicemail or text message, and I promise I will get back to you. Until next time, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. A few years ago, a friend of mine started this thing called the United States Concealed Carry Association. It's an education, training, and self-defense insurance company now. It's for responsible gun owners. You can get complete peace of mind when you join USCCA today. If you carry a gun for self-defense, you need this. It's a whole package Education, training, and self-defense insurance. Call my friend. The number is one 488 8353 And if you missed that, go to the link at blackmanwithagun.com. USCCA.blackmanwithagun.com The Minister of Defense, the pastor of paladins, patriots, and pistoleros will be right back after these commercials. Hi. I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget, crossbreedholsters.com. MarylandShallIssue.org. It's an all-volunteer, nonpartisan organization dedicated to the preservation and advancement of gun owners' rights in Maryland. It seeks to educate the community about the right of self-protection, the safe handling of firearms, and the responsibility that goes with carrying a firearm in public. MarylandShallIssue.org. This is the group, your group, the grassroots group in the state of Maryland. Join us. No matter where you are, MarylandShallIssue.org. 
All right, my friends, my brothers and my sisters, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading and supporting your friend and brother from another mother, the black man with a gun. And uh, I'm hoping that you will attempt to sharpen your saw, that you will attempt to sharpen your tusk this week. Reconnect with some family, do some stuff that uh, not necessarily gun related, but will get you back in touch with you, the real you, all of you. Why is that important? Because today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Just in case nobody else has told you this today. I love you. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time. Shalom, baby. The book that started it all. Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. It's the story of a man who has helped change gun rights in America one heart at a time. It's a primer for the firearms enthusiast and it's a fun read. It's the story of Ken Blanchard. Get yours on Amazon.com. Black Man with a Gun Reloaded.